You're on Energy Groove Radio. We're live around the world from energy-groove.com on TuneIn and iHeartRadio. My name's Brad. This is the Music Weekly. Now, National Treasure Archie Roach uh, has announced the launch of the inaugural The Archie Roach Foundation stage at the 2022 Port Ferry Folk Festival. Plus, he is also joining me to talk about his new YouTube series, which is called Kitchen Table Yarns. And the first episode is out now on the YouTube channel. Archie Roach, thank you so much for joining me on the line. It's a pleasure to speak with you. How are you today? I'm good, thank you, man. Yeah. That's good. Now, tell us about this. I guess we'll start with the Kitchen Table Yarns series first. Um, tell us about the genesis of this series. How did it come about? Well, last year during during the lockdown and, and uh, uh, we, we decided to do a YouTube series, start a YouTube, become a YouTuber and, and uh Last year we did um, we revisited Charcoal Lane 30 years, uh, and uh, the inspiration behind those songs and the stories behind those songs. So this year we decided to I noticed that me and Jill, my manager, decided to sit down and and uh, and discuss just over a yarn to to young and upcoming uh, First Nation uh, singer songwriters and about you know, uh, their community and uh, growing up what they. They listened to when they were younger and uh, what inspired uh, their music and, and what, what uh, when they started playing music in the first place. Yeah, I love the idea of uh, gathering around the kitchen table and uh, just unpacking life. What kind of role has the kitchen table, I guess, played for you throughout your musical journey? Is that somewhere where the big decisions are made in your life and the big discussions are had? Yeah, that as well. It's, yeah, it's a community atmosphere that we have, you know, spirit around the kitchen table where meals are prepared and, uh, you know, where you sit down and, and have meals and uh, uh, cups of tea and conversation with people. But also I wrote m- most of my songs at the kitchen table and uh, children running around when they were young. My, my, my children, they're grown now, but when they were younger. So it just seemed like a uh, just a really good uh, place to... To, to to create yeah. Now your first guest the the first episode has dropped um, online and your special guest was Alara who um, you spoke to uh, as part of that via Zoom. Who who are the other special guests that we can look forward to seeing as part of this series? Oh well, there's uh, there's two young fellows, uh, Marlon Motlop and uh, uh, Rudder Kelly Mansell, uh, based in Adelaide at the moment. But uh, and they they got together when they first you know, got together by playing football together. And of course, Marlon well, Motlop's a famous Aussie rules football name. Mm. But um, yeah, and they but they uh, realised that both and both both uh, they love music and and uh, creating music. And uh, so one fellow sings and plays guitar, while uh, Rulla, uh Marlon plays guitar and sings a great R and B voice. And uh, Rolla, Rolla does this fantastic rap uh, around that as well. So we'll be talking to them. Uh, a woman by the name of, or a young woman by the name of uh, Lydia Fairhall. Uh, she had a roots in country music, but she's branched out a bit into in, into pop and mm. and different sounds. Uh, so she'll be interesting. Uh, Emily Waramara, who, well, yeah, we've actually done the, you know, she's been doing well for herself and, We've actually done a few shows together, me and Emily. So it'll be good to speak to her again and what what started her off in, uh, in her journey, a musical journey. Yeah, others I just can't you know, quite 
think of at the moment. Yeah, but that's the first couple of people anyway. Fantastic. And how are you going about selecting the artists that you're featuring in the series? Um, are these people that you've come across, um, your paths have crossed throughout your career? Um, how are you discovering them? Well, yeah, Alara, she, yes, she used to play bass. She played bass for us for a couple of shows that we'd done oh, a couple of years back. She 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 was a bass player. She, uh, not not her uh, double bass, but uh, the selected bass that she played with us. Mm-hmm. Marlon and Rallo, they I, I first met them in Adelaide, and uh, was over there doing something in Adelaide, and uh, and uh, they they ran into them after Christmas, and not after Christmas, after breakfast. What, what do I think of Christmas for? <laughs> after breakfast, and uh, and uh, and went up to some room there in the hotel, I think it was where I was staying, and I uh, went up there and I said, "Oh, we'd like to sing you a song, Uncle." They sang this amazing acoustic version of a song called Black Swan. And it just blew my socks off. I thought it was incredible. Uh, Emily, like I said, I've done shows with Emily, Emily before, Emily Waramara. Yeah. Uh, and others we just, I don't know, um, just thought we'd talk to. And, and we found now that people are actually, young fellows are putting their hand up and want to be a part of it. So it may go a bit longer than we planned or we may have to sort of uh, yeah, pick and choose which it should be hard who we're going to have in this in this series. Yeah. And what does it mean for you on a personal level, uh, being able to showcase emerging Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander singer-songwriters in this way? Oh, look, it makes you proud. Hmm. You know, you want to you wanna see these young people. But when I kicked off, you know, you know, not many people knew who I was. Because I remember playing one time when I first started doing shows and uh, live shows and there was a, you know, I got, I think about the third song, and then somebody called out from the audience and saying, and they said, uh, Who are you? I said, Oh, sorry, I'm Archie Roach, and I you know, write songs and sing the song. Well, it's a bit awkward at the time, but, <laughs> but yeah, but so, so this is good. It gives these fellas a bit of a, I think, you know, a, a platform, and so people get to know them. And they links that they can you know, get, uh, find their music, and so when they when so when they're out there and they start and and, and, and playing anywhere, uh, at least some people might have an idea of who they are and, and what they're on about. Yeah. And how have you found being a YouTuber? Uh, it looks like you're not a stranger at all to the YouTube experience. Your channel is full of amazing content. Um, so how how is the process for you? Oh, that's great. You know, last year when we first kicked off, I, and it was uh, proposed to us, I thought, no, nah, really? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be any good at this sort of thing. And, uh, but, you know, uh, I, I, I think it's easier just to, you know, you realise you, you, you know, try to have it, have it rather than talk or talk at or mm. talk to. Well, yeah, it's a conversation. It's rather more, it's more of a conversation with people. That you have, and this this time with you know, first my first series was just me talking to camera, which is, was a bit uh, it was a bit hard because there was nobody, no particular person I was talking to. Uh, but in this one is actually you know, I'm actually talking talking with people, so it's a lot easier this time around. But but now I don't know I, I I got into it and and uh, I did a lot better than I thought I would be. <laughs> 
No, you're doing excellent. I love it. Now, your debut album, Charcoal Lane, uh, celebrates, as you mentioned, 30 years um, since its release. Um, well, probably 31 now, almost. Um, how do you feel about this album nowadays? Um, it still seems to be having a, a huge impact in society, but personally, you know, when you listen back to the album, what does it mean to you now? Oh, look, we, 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 yeah, that's just part of what we did too um, last year, I think. Uh, it was uh, to record the songs of, re-record the songs of Chargold Lane. And uh, we actually did that at my kitchen table as well, just with the guitarist and the double bass player. Love that. And, uh, but what I realised was the songs, some of them I hadn't song, sung for, for, for years, and I realised that the songs had actually grown or as I've grown, the songs have grown and matured too, and I have a better, a better idea of the song and, uh, and how to interpret it. Because when we first recorded them, they were just the fresh you know, the ink was hardly dry on the paper they were written on. And uh, but but like that matured through the years as I have, uh, and and uh, it was really interesting that that that, that, that was the case, and then. Oh, this this is probably uh, how I should have sung the song, uh, and I and, and it was just me and guitarist and uh, a double play, bass player, like I said, and I so I wasn't really it was wasn't so much a producer, so we just went with the flow. Yeah. Mm. It must be really interesting looking back at your body of work, um, and drawing some new meanings from it or at least throwing your mind back to the time of initially writing them, it must be quite an interesting exercise. Oh, look at this. That's what I found about, about doing this. I'm going, wow, uh, listen to the song again. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Uh, so that's what you, know, you think, you know, that's what it means or but you knew what the song, you know, you had an idea of this, what the song was about when you wrote them. And, but, but now you have a better understanding of what, you, what, what it was you were uh, trying to get across. And so interpretation is, is a lot uh, uh, better, maybe better is not the word, but, but uh, yeah, mm. it's it yeah, different. And tell us about, I guess, your memories of making that album. Um, what was the recording process like, and and who were the people that were around you at the time while you were making this this album? Well, we went to a studio in in, in Carlton in Melbourne. Uh, a studio belonged to um, a fellow by the name of um, Greg Ham, who played for Men at Work, and it was good to meet meet him, have a yarn to him, and. Uh, we just went in the studio and it was the days just before CDs came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was still reel-to-reel uh, recording. And uh, so Paul Paul Kelly and Steve Connolly, late, late, the great Steve Connolly, guitarist for The Messengers, he, uh, both uh, him and uh, Paul produced the album. And, uh, you know, so it was a whole, it was, it was a new experience to most of I just go in and sing a song and, and that was it. They do the rest, but you know, I, I don't know how many times I sang any particular song. Must have been, sure, yeah, at least at least half a dozen times or even more <laughs> to get the right to get the right vocal and the, yeah, and, and how they laid the album. You know, with uh, start off with you know sort of like a, 
probably drums and bass first, and then there was all different new experience. But they brought in people like the Bull Sisters, Demi and Vicar, yeah, Boomer Wayne, and the Finn brothers, you know, Tim and Neil. Finn, I was blown away. Yeah, Paul said, Paul Lee, he said, oh, what, what do you think if we give him uh, uh, Neil Finn or, or Tim Finn, uh, Tim Finn actually, to come and sing on this song? I go, what? <laughs> You're joking. And, and I go, no. I said, well, you know, because, you know, you listen to Tim Finn, these are people I listen to, you know? Mm. Uh, Spit ends and that back in the day, uh, the Bull Sisters with uh, Jay Camilleri and the Black Sorrows. Uh, and just all these great musicians they brought in, uh, session musicians, George Petrumas on the Crazy Society Code, uh, accordion on, on Sister Brother, and just, just watching the whole process was really quite amazing. You know, you'd go in early, you'd go in early in the morning about, I don't know, eight or nine o'clock in the morning, and you wouldn't be, be out there till about 11 o'clock at night. So it was a whole, yeah, it was a great experience. Well, it sounds amazing. It sounds like, um, well, firstly, a lot of work, but also such a fantastic experience and opportunity and what a piece of work that it created. Um, so congratulations on all of that, Archie. Now, you've announced the, yeah, yeah. the launch of the inaugural um, the Archie Roach Foundation stage at the 2022 Port Ferry Folk Festival. Tell us about how this came about. What can people expect um, from this stage? Oh, well, we, we we sat down and talked about it. Me and Jill, uh, management, Jill Shelton, my manager, and and uh, she said, "What do you think about if we tried?" Yeah, tentatively talked about it at first at trying to get a stage at the Portrait Folk Festival. I said, oh, "What do you mean?" I wasn't quite sure what she meant, and uh, and she said, "Well, we should have a stage." And he said, "Well, for, for me to perform." I said, "No, no, just to present." present something or, or cultural showcase of, of, of the, the people, the, the Eastern Ma or Gundusmara people from South West Victoria. And that can involve music, dancing, uh, storytelling, and, and uh, whatever we can think of. I've talked to the community already about what it is to actually present, you know, and uh, even talking about, you know, uh, plants and, and, and uh, bush medicine. Which a uh, young fellow down here by the Brett Clark has great knowledge of, mm-hmm. and things like that may be part of weaving. We just have to sort of get together with people and see what it is we can actually do, and if it would work at uh, at the festival, yeah, yeah, right, and if it would, be, would interest people, yeah. Well, that all sounds like it's keeping you very, very busy, Archie. So um, yes. congrats on the YouTube series um, and the Archie Roach Foundation stage at the Port Ferry Folk Festival. It's been an absolute pleasure being able to chat with you. Hopefully one day in the future, you know, COVID pending, um, we can actually get to sit down around your kitchen table in person. <laughs> that's, that's right. You know, like you said, uh you know, if, uh, if, if everything, you know, uh, gives us the go-ahead and we're going to do something like that, it'd be great. All right, Archie, we'll enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for your time again. No, thank you. On the Music Weekly, that was Archie Roach. My name's Brad. I'll hand it back to Jackson very shortly, but before we do, I thought I would play you a track from Archie Roach's debut album, which is celebrating 31 years this year. It actually peaked at number 86 on the ARIA charts in April 1991, and it was certified gold in 1992. 
Now, the album is best heard in its entirety, but of course, for the sake of time, I can't play you the entirety of Charcoal Lane, but I thought I'd play you this track. This is Took the Children Away. It's track six from Charcoal Lane by Archie Roach on Energy Groove Radio. This story's right, this story's true. I would not tell lies to you like the promises they did not keep. And how they fenced us in like sheep Said to us, come take care of him Set us up on mission name Told us to read, to write and pray Then they took the children away Took the children away The children away Snap from their mother's breast, said this is for the best, took them away. Welfare and the holy saint, said you've got to understand. We'll give to them what you can't give. Teach them how to really live. Teach them how to live best. Day. Humiliated them instead Taught them that and taught them this And others taught them prejudice To the children away The children away Breaking down mother's heart Caring us all about to them One dark day on Framling Hill Came and didn't give a damn My mother cried, go get their dead He came running frightened Mother's tears were falling down Dad chased up and stood his ground He said, you touched my kid and you fight me then they took us from a family took us away They took us away Snatched from our mother's breast Said this is for the best Took us away Children came back 
Thank you. 